Hey everyone, welcome to episode 5 of What the Buff with me, Noah Cliff, and Tessa. Today we're going to talk about the history of Hotel Henry, which used to be the Buffalo State Hospital and the Buffalo State Asylum for the Insane. So stick along for the ride. Hey Tessa, how are you doing today? Hey, no, I'm doing swell. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about this uh, this project that I've been working on. I'm excited to learn about it. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to Hotel Henry or to 100 Acres? Yep, I've been to both. Well, because 100 Acres is in a Hotel Henry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been to 100 Acres. I actually recently just went there for brunch and got the avocado toast. Recommend that. Um, have you been there? Yeah, I actually went there last weekend with my family. I uh, got some prosciutto toast and uh, some real good coffee. It's kind of cool to sit in that space and just kind of take in the beauty of it all. And granted, the, the brunch is a little expensive, but it's worth it. It's delicious. But yeah. Definitely worth it. Uh, absolutely. So um, what do you know about what the place used to be? Yeah, so Hotel Henry... Uh, which is known as an urban resort conference center. Not really sure how that designation changes it from just a hotel, um, but maybe we can look further into that, or maybe you can look further into that if you're interested. But Hotel Henry used to be the Buffalo State Hospital, which was originally known as the Buffalo State Asylum for the Insane, and that opened in 1872 or it began construction in 1872 and opened in 1880. So it was at a time where the uh, like asylum uh, construction of it was primary across the country. So that's why they built one here in Buffalo. There was one in Utica area at that time and they needed one uh, kind of in a, in a location where more people could, uh, could be served by it. And uh, it's it's really still stands today because it was designed by a combination of three really prominent figures in the 19th century, uh, Henry Hobson Richardson, Frederick Law Olmsted, and Dr. Thomas Story Kirkbride. So uh, yeah, I mean, it used to be used to be an asylum. Yeah. Well, can you tell me more about like these three people? Yeah, so uh, Henry Hobson Richardson or H.H. Richardson, is known uh, for kind of like this Romanesque architecture style revival in the United States. There is, kind of, I think, there's a there's an aspect of that named after him called uh, Richardson Romanesque, and he dis, uh, designed like the Capitol building in um, in Albany. And he was really prominent. And Frederick Law Olmsted, if you don't know him, he designed the Delaware Park and the Buffalo Park system and Central Park. So he's at the top of his class. I think I read that he was actually like the creator of the profession of landscaping, which I don't know if that's true because I feel like people probably have always been landscaping, but maybe he like made it uh, what it is today. And Thomas Story Kirkbride was the superintendent of another hospital in Pennsylvania, um, in Philadelphia actually, and the founder of the Association of Medical Superintendents of American uh, Institutions for the Insane. So 
that's definitely a mouthful, but all that means is that it's the uh, the precursor to the American Psychiatric Association. With these sorts of mental health related things, the terms change over time. So terms like insane that we use today, or that we think today are kind of like um, not the right thing or couldn't be offensive is what they used to just define it uh, back in the day. But he wrote a book called On the Construction Organization in General Arrangements of Hospitals for the Insane, which was this like collection of essays that basically defined mental health care at this time. So this group of three historic figures came together in Buffalo to create what is now, um, I mean, it's still standing pretty much how it was. Granted, you know, there are parts that are that are not as strong as other parts. Um, but yeah, they created this really historic, beautiful red sandstone building um, that looks like it belongs in England or somewhere in Europe. So that's so cool. Yeah. So who did you talk to to find out all of this information? So I found a, a lot of information just online uh, in terms of the details about these figures and, um, you know, how, when it opened and what it was called and some of the like the facts of it all. But I couldn't really just go with that. So I watched some YouTube videos and saw that there were a lot of people who were interviewed. So I ended up reaching out to the Richardson Olmsted campus, which is a non-for-profit kind of organization that um, manages the property. And I met with this woman named Christine and she's like the manager of planning and operations. And I sat down with her and talked a lot about the future of it. Um, but in terms of the history of the complex, I met with this guy like through so I met with Christine who pointed me in somebody else's direction who pointed me in somebody else's direction who pointed me in this guy Mark uh, Saglian's direction and he knew so much and knows so much about this that I can't like I can't really portray all of that knowledge uh, but I did learn a lot from him uh, in terms of patient care and Kind of what the the building means for buffalo how is he linked to the psych center so he actually has a really interesting story he grew up in the area so as a kid you know he uh drove around while probably while it was still open uh it for for reference um the hospital was abandoned in 1970 in the 1970s due to overcrowding and just the if you see it in the inside it it wasn't meant to house people in modern you know in really a place where people need to be cared for today um so they ended up moving right next door to what is now the buffalo psychiatric center but mark uh grew up around it and you know his dad would tell him you know, if you misbehave, you're gonna end up there. That's the nut house. But further along in life, uh, after he had been a mental health professional, I think he said he was a therapist for 20 years, he was searching, uh, looking into his ancestry and he contacted his cousin to, uh, you know, cause she like had, had researched a lot about his ancestry. So she, he was trying to figure out things from her. And one of the first things he that she said to him was, well, have you heard about the murder? So uh, Mark's great aunt, Sarah or Sadie McMullen, murdered two young girls in Akron, uh, which is around Buffalo in 
um, the late 1800s. And I think actually uh, she was in, well, she was in the hospital. So, so she murdered these kids, was acquitted on in like a claim of insanity and was sent to the hospital or the asylum. And he's he was kind of blown away by this because he remembered his grandma as a storyteller and this would have been her aunt. So he had never heard of this woman. Uh, all of a sudden he finds out that his, his great aunt was in this institution, spent uh, 1891 to 1893 there, and then was released. So he was like, okay, this is a part of my family history, my ancestry, I wanna find out more about this. So he started going through records and trying to get in touch with um, New York State and the, like, the Mental Health Association in New York State. And they can't release specific records, uh, medical records. It's a uh, sensitive information or <clears throat> like HIPAA laws or something like that. So because of his interest in his aunt, he started going through newspaper articles and trying to just figure out as much as he could about this place. And it led to him kind of diving fully into it. Wow, that's cool that how dedicated he was about um, learning more about his ancestry and finding out. Yeah. That must have been shocking. I think that's that's what a lot of people not hope to happen um, when they're looking into their ancestry. But to, to have this revelation of there's this person who I didn't know about, and I think that's really interesting uh, that he got to experience that. I mean, the circumstances aren't great, but Today, I mean, he gives tours at the uh, the Richardson Complex. He actually runs a Facebook page, which I'll pull up and share the name of. So if you're listening, you can check it out. It's uh, the Facebook page is just called Buffalo State Asylum and Hospital. And he basically, all of this happened, he became interested in this in researching the hospital in 1997. And like I said, he is a former therapist. So when you're learning this stuff about your family and you're researching this former hospital and institution that house people with mental illness, I mean, I, can't ima I can imagine his mind was just all over the place, being someone who's interested in this stuff, who works with this stuff, and then is r learning more about the history. So he said that he started it as a case study where um, he just was trying to figure out more about the hospital. Um, and then he kind of took that and created this Facebook page, which like I said before, Buffalo State Asylum and Hospital. And he goes through articles from the late eight, 1800s, early 1900s, where the superintendents would invite journalists in and they would like interview patients or overhear what patients were talking to other people about and just talk about the conditions in the place. Um, so it's really interesting that that he is going to these lengths to kind of share the story of this place. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's, so he must have like a really deep connection with the place right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, uh, he didn't really say how much he spent time he spends there but like i said he gives tours and you know he was nice enough to sit down with me and uh you know i interviewed him for an hour and a half so he's really definitely really interested in it <laughs> that's awesome um what do what does he think of hotel henry like now that it's being used as a hotel so one of his i think i think he is he's okay with it i saw there was like a an interview with him on a pbs documentary um where he, he's kind of wary of it, but 
that I think that was before it opened. Now I think he's happy that there are people who are enjoying this space and uh, who who are being educated. My sense from him, so he is a firm believer that the Buffalo State Hospital and the asylum uh, was uh, a it took good it took good care of people. They were trying to do the best that they could. There's this stigma around the place and and it's warranted that there's a stigma because it's a big old building that looks like it doesn't belong. It looks like it's, you know, belongs in another century in another country and it was abandoned for, you know, 30 plus years. So there's this stigma usually when you ask people about it uh they say, oh, I would never stay there. It's haunted. Most people I've talked to are kind of afraid of it um, if they haven't really gone at lengths to figure out what it was or, you know, they'll go eat there, but they won't stay the night because they're afraid that ghosts are going to get them. But he's a believer that uh, this was a good place, uh, especially because of the vested interest he had with his aunt. The reason that he was, or his great aunt, the reason that he was so dedicated was because he wanted to make sure this was a place where she was taken care of. And he quoted an article saying that she was talking about how well she was treated there. And because it was a high profile case, she had, she had, you know, killed two kids. And so people kept track of, he's lucky that people kept track of her being there or else he would have never really known. Um, but he's a believer that they took care of people. The interesting about, interesting thing about the hospital is that when they opened, it was, Kirkbride's plan was, uh, focused on moral treatment. So they wanted people to come here. It, the way that uh, Christine, who I interviewed, talked about it was that it was a retreat-like place. You know, it was an acute facility, which meant you're only supposed to be there for two years tops. So these are people with the, the people who had the idea of mental health issues at that time being sent to this place, depending on how how bad it is, I guess, depends on your experience. It, uh, but there were a lot of people who weren't there for that long and who just needed a place to go and, you know, have some free time or have leisure time, or they had a farm, which is why the, um, the restaurant's called 100 Acres, because there's 100 acres of farmland that people were encouraged to work at. And so it was really seen at this pl as this place of, come in here as a retreat center you know we'll try to cure your illness at least in the early days um that's a long way of answering how he thinks of hotel henry but i think he just wants people to be aware of its past and he wants to educate people and he wants people to not be afraid of it so he has a facebook and um does he ever get any pushback from his viewpoint yeah uh he did mention that because there, like, there are a lot of people who, regardless of what you tell them, still remember this place. You know, maybe they heard screams coming from the balconies or they saw this scary building or they heard stories of the way that people were treated in there. And I just want to clarify, I don't, I, at the end of the day, I can, I can research what I want to research and think what I think of this place, but I don't know how patients were treated at, you know, he told me that He's researched every year of this place's uh, existence and found like five cases of patient abuse. And in, uh, I forget the exact number, but in like three of those, the, it was found to be a misunderstanding or the people who were accused were found not like that they didn't do anything. Um, you know, it's tough because I don't think that if you were abusing patients, you would document every second of it. But 
um, he does receive pushback. He said that he'll, he'll post like these beautiful pictures um, of like the corridors and he'll see, uh, he'll read newspaper articles where the patients are talking to reporters and telling them how they were cared for and that they like it there. And, um, and people will say, that's crazy. You know, that didn't happen. People were treated horribly. I heard that people were chained up in the basement or I heard that people were chained up in the towers. And there's just no, there's really no credible evidence for that, at least that I got from him. Um, like I said, I don't know. Um, but he does receive pushback and that's, that's going to happen. But I think that's, that's what he wants out of educating people and um, talking to people like me and you know, taking part in documentaries about it and having this Facebook page is that he wants people to be aware that a lot of people were treated well here and that it was a place where, you know, obviously people are going to hear screaming coming from uh, a, like a psychiatric hospital. If there are people there who are severely suffering from mental illness. They're going to scream from the, you know, the balconies. It's not doesn't mean they're getting tortured, you know? So I think some of the pushback can be warranted. You know, people can be skeptical. And if they, if people have heard stories, they've heard stories. But I think overall, the goal is to make people more open to this place. And I was listening back on in my interview with him and he talked about how so much of who we are as people comes from those people who were here before us. So to completely, you know, forget about the past of this big institution that's been in Buffalo for over a hundred years and to forget about the history would, would just be, it would be terrible. You know, no matter what these people are going through, no matter what the stigma of ment around mental health is, you know, we have to, if it were up to Mark, you know, we would, we would, research these people and we would try to figure out who they were and what they were there for and how this place treated them and you know if it truly was uh, a good place for people to be yeah and i think um it's important to keep the significant history of ho well the richardson complex now like the hotel henry alive and yeah. to remind people of the history of it when they're staying there yeah and, and i think i think that's something that comes with that is that you know there were lobotomies and electroshock therapy at this place and those are those are practices that we see today as inhumane and they are inhumane you know there's no way around that um and mark's view of that was you know they were doing what they thought was best at the time um you can use that for a lot of things though if that's a hard excuse to have you know that's a hard justification because you could say that about people who do terrible things thinking they're doing the right thing. Um, but I think with mental health care, it, sometimes the treatment, you have to kind of think about, okay, well, there's no way that all these people who are doing this had this maniacal, you know, idea about them that they were going to torture all these patients. You know, they wanted with a lobotomy. I mean, I actually, I'm not going to speak on a lobotomy or electroshock therapy details because I truly don't know. Um, but the people that I talked to, they, they said, let's look at th those treatments in context. And that doesn't necessarily mean that this was a terrible place, you know? Um, so, yeah. So um, what's like the most important takeaway or something that 
like you were like, wow, I never thought of that, that Mark told, talked to you about? Well, I think for me, what, what I was left with, with my conversation with him was that he got emotional a couple times, you know, um, talking about his aunt and talking, you know, like I said, he was, uh, a former therapist so he's been dealing with this stuff you know for a long time so f- that connection has an impact on people and it has an impact on probably so many more people than we know from this space in particular you know if you if your parent was sent there or your your sibling or your friend um so just seeing his passion for the place really inspired me to share his story you know and um that that stuck with me and then from the experience in general you know i went into it thinking that i was researching you know this haunted castle you know i i I watch paranormal shows (laughs) you know i watch ghost hunters uh so i'm not immune to being thinking that this place is haunted you know um but i going into it and having toured the abandoned parts and um learning as much as i have it it my i had this imagination of what it was going to be and it it wasn't that you know it it was a very human real thing real place that exists and that people spent lives in and you know had good experiences had bad experiences but it's it's the staple of buffalo that is still around because of um, we're lucky it's still around because of its historical significance, um, but it can it can be so much more. And you know, it's with Hotel Henry and other things they have planned. It's moving in a direction of like a community-based place. Yeah, well, I've learned a lot from you and Mark's research, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that they're going to turn it into apartments? No, I have not. Yeah, they're actually there's plans to. Uh, build 65 apartments in the the parts that are still abandoned and uh when i talked to christine she talked about uh making it like a senior living center where there's like they um promote lifelong learning because it's right by buff state uh, for those that you don't know um which i guess we should have clarified that hotel henry is located at the end of forest ave um or not the at the end of richmond off forest ave like kind of in the Forest Elmwood intersection right by Buff State. Um, and, you know, you can check it out any day. Yeah, that's really cool about the apartments because there's so much like build, like it's not just like one building, so much like space left. Because I saw that there's only 88 rooms to yeah. Hotel Henry. Right. So they probably have a lot more space available. Would so. you stay there? Definitely. You would, yeah. Especially I want now, to. yeah. I really want to, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely would. I'm trying to save up some money because I think it's like minimum, like 185 bucks to for a night there. But uh, yeah, I, I think I would. And you know, if a lot of the conversation I did have, you know, I did talk to Mark about the what people left there because people, you know, so many people went through this place and died there. You know, and whether you believe in ghosts or not, like we leave something on this earth, you know, in the spaces that we occupy. So, you know, we talked about he said that he took uh, Steve Tasker, who's a Bills 
uh, oh, yeah. Bill's car, legend. Car person. Car yeah, dealer. yeah, he does the West hair. Um, but he said that he took Steve Tasker on a tour with his family and that there was like, they felt this presence and that there was like tapping on a radiator and like My. the the tour guide was like, stop to the tapping and it stopped. So, oh I mean, there's gosh. I'm sure there's countless stories. Uh, and I just think it, what's more important than if this place is haunted and what's more important than if, uh, if there wasn't always perfect treatment is that this place is still standing and it, it's a staple of Buffalo in architecture and in the fact that, you know, there's this real human element and that so many people were there and that I think just this, the story needs to be told. Yeah, definitely. And fun fact, it's Times 2018, World's Greatest Places. Really? Yeah. World's greatest places. Yep. That's funny because when I was I was looking up stuff before here, there was a YouTube video that was like 13 most haunted places in the world, <laughs> and it was it was in one <laughs> oh of those. Oh my gosh! Wow. So that's kind of funny to contrast yeah. there, and that's yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you're listening and you're interested in this, uh, check out Hotel Henry. Check out 100 Acres. Even if you're not going to eat there, uh, go get a cup of coffee and walk around. And uh, once the weather gets warmer, they do offer tours and they do a photography tours. And they do group tours and it does cost a little bit of money, but you know, it's like 15, 30 bucks or something. I can't remember, but, uh, check it out. It's, it's worth it. Tell your friends and, and don't, don't be put off by the fact that it was a mental hospital, you know, uh, embrace, embrace the fact that it's, it's Buffalo history and that, uh, you know, it's got a lot of potential. Now I want to go back. Yeah, absolutely. You should. Get some coffee. You got to go at the right time, though. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to episode five of What the Buff. Check out our other episodes on the Griffcast Network on all podcast streaming platforms. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.